Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. What's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, a division of the DWZ Football Network. On this week's show, we are going to be talking about when the coaching carousel stops with my main man, Dan Williamson of the Goat District Podcast. I will also have the man of the hour and the man. With the power, Jerry Sinclair with me as well. I had to cut this open a little bit earlier to save time to maximize time with Dan. So I am going to blast through this as fast as I can. So here we go. Five-star reviews. Regardless of the platform you listen to, this is the lifeblood of any podcast. Especially Apple, and we're on a race to 200. I think we have 199, but we may only have 198. We're two away. We're, so, so, so don't wait for someone else to do it. You can do something incredibly helpful for the show, and you can make someone's day. Mine. So do me a solid, man, along with subscribing everywhere. This is, like I said, the fastest way to help us grow, and it's 100% free for you to do. It takes a little bit of your time, but wherever you're listening to this podcast, jump into the rating and review section of the Dynasty War Zone. And hook us up with a rating and review, preferably five stars, but tell us what you think. We can't make the show better without your input. We have shortened the open. We have fixed microphones. We have done so much because of the reviews of this podcast, and it's because of you amazing reviewers. So let's read two. We had two in since the last podcast, so here we go. Amazingly, a great even the tight end podcast was entertaining, and that was from Aaron GT80. Aaron, thank you so much. You know, it's a lot of damn work to uh, to make tight ends entertaining because it is the ugliest position in Dynasty Fantasy Football, but we do our damn best. So thank you for your review. And then the second review was, hey guys, with not one, but two exclamation points, really enjoy the show. You guys are an easy to listen to show and also a lot of fun. Thanks again, Jim Hartman 54. Jim, you are also a rock star. So Jim, Aaron, thank you both so much for rating and reviewing the show. It means an absolute ton to me and Jerry. So here we go. A little bit of promotion, and I'm going to get Dan and Jerry, and we're going to rock this thing out. A lot to talk about tonight. Going to be a long, a longer than normal show. A normal show is around an hour. We're going to diesel through, and uh, we're going to give you some of the best Dynasty content in the land. So here we go. What was in the rear view? Well, on the podcast feed on Tuesday, 
And next week will be live in your YouTube feed, the first installment of the FF Smackdown on the DWZ Football Network. These are our redraft BFFs. This is Kyle August at KyleFFBellas on Twitter and his co-host Jake Hrip at Jake's Takes FF on t- Twitter. And these are our buddies, man. They're bringing their unique opinions and a unique take on redraft fantasy football to the DWZ Football Network. They'll be here every Tuesday on the podcast platform and every Monday on the YouTube show starting next Monday. We got a little discombobulated with the uh, Super Bowl on Sunday, throwing off the schedule. What's on the horizon? Well, on Thursday on YouTube only, I will be doing the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor with Jesse. Going to be a follow-up from last season. And, uh, dude, the off-season is slowing down. I was looking for podcasts today to listen to, and I'm telling you, the football content is drying up, except here at the DWZ. So we'll be running four YouTube shows a week, all off-season, and three podcasts a week during the off-season. We're going to have one show focused solely on the 2021 rookie class. We'll be doing some mock drafts there, special guests, a lot of, uh, a lot of really good stuff as we prepare for our rookie drafts in April, May, and June. Then we'll be doing one fantasy, you know, in general. We'll be talking players, free agency, the draft, game theory, startup season, building, orphans, and just everything you need to know on how to dominate your dynasty leagues. So we're going to have so much going on. And then we will throw in the occasional big bet with Dr. Kyle. He and I have a plan to hit it up once a month between now and August, especially with prop bets on the NFL draft. So just real quick, want to call out the social media and you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at the Dynasty War Zone. And if you're not on socials, that's totally cool. Send us an email. You can email us at DynastyWarzone at Gmail. Again, the email address is DynastyWarzone at gmail.com. Last thing to, to hammer through, Dan. Let me, let me intro Dan. Now, Dan is the, the most underfollowed and most underhyped asset in all of football-related content on the interwebs. He is the co-host of the Goat District podcast, but he is so much more than just a dynasty podcaster. He's a must-follow if you play best ball. Best ball season just kicking off everywhere. Dan's big over at the FFPC and he is an extremely high-level, high-stakes player in uh, best ball and in dynasty as well. Dan is not afraid to put his money where his mouth is. He's also a very savvy, very savvy guy when it comes to betting on football. And most importantly, he's just an all-around great dude, a guy that I love talking to about football, about theory. And there's a reason why Dan and I don't get a lot of dynasty trades done, even though he and I are in about three leagues together. It's just hard when you value players from a same perspective. But Dan's good people, man. And he's on Twitter at Overhyped Sleeper. And you drop that last E in sleeper. So at Overhyped Sleeper, or just search Daniel Williamson. Uh, we'll tag him in some posts for the show. And uh, give that man a follow. All right, one more thing, and I'm going to get Dan, and I'm going to get Jerry. And we're going to knock this show out with a lot of goodness, covering all seven of these coaching hires. It is, uh, let me tell you about my friends over at Hate Brand Goods. Now, this is my favorite brand of gym gear, and they have a lot of what they call, and I hate this term, 
athleisure. That's like athletic wear that you wear leisurely when you're not in the gym. Uh, and this is the home of the goat shorts. They are restocking the original floral ones. You'll see me wearing those in the gym. And Matt, the owner, is just a great dude. He is a two-time world champion of the Highland Games. Now, the Highland Games is that wacky sport you see in Scotland where they're throwing telephone poles and throwing rocks. As, as he puts it, those rocks and fields. He was also a collegiate thrower at LSU. Yes, that LSU. And one of the best people hosting any form of podcast on podcast platforms. He hosts the UMSO. That's U-M-S-O. The UMSO podcast. And he's just hilarious. He's a funny guy with a, a real unique perspective. And I love supporting him and his brand. So real quick, I'm going to hit you with a quick commercial that gives you a little bit of the meaning behind the brand. And then you can head over to The Hate. That's D-H-V-I-I-I.com. And uh, you can save money at checkout by using promo code MEMPHIS. So let's hear from Matt, and then I'm going to get Dan and Jerry, and we are going to talk about some head coaches and the impact on your dynasty rosters. Uh, let's get it. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to thehate.com, hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, this this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to thehate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. All right. And as promised, here they are. I'm not going to give this other, this first guy too much of an intro. He's here every week. He's the man of the hour. He is the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. But we are blessed to once again have one of my favorite people in the dynasty industry. And like I said in the open, criminally underfollowed on all of your social media, especially if you're into best ball, dynasty, gambling, and just an all-around good dude along with the occasional uh, snappy comment. He's my buddy. He is at Overhyped Sleeper on Twitter. Dan, Dan Williamson, welcome back to the Dynasty Warzone, my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you uh, overhyping me yet again. Uh, always goes down well, but uh, right back at you guys. I mean, this this pod is just one of my favorites, and it's consistently excellent. And uh, it's just a pleasure to be on here. And I know, you know, I, I've been studying hard for tonight, and uh, it doesn't matter how hard I study, you guys are going to come up with some stuff I never even thought of. So I'm, I'm excited. Let's go get it. Well, Randy will. I'll be a bumbling idiot over here in the corner. But <laughs> now, now, Jerry, you're you're being way too hard on yourself. Right. Uh, and, and again, Jerry wasn't part of the intro. We'll be doing this as guest season has kicked off. So we will just go straight into our show. If you're listening on podcast, you heard the intro. So don't want to belabor it too much. So we're going to go around the horn. So this year, what's the average, Dan? What do you think the average is on number of new coaches the league gets every year? If I had to guess, I would say it was like five to six because seven, which we had this year, feels heavy. Yeah, that's exactly where I was at. I was going to say 5.5. So, Yeah, so we're going to jump into this first one. The first one we're going to talk about, and it's going to sound like they're like going in like least important to most important, and maybe they are. And maybe they are because we really have to spend more time on the ones that are going to impact your dynasty roster. So the first one is David Culley. 
David Culley is a former wide receiver coach, most recently with the Baltimore Ravens and John Harbaugh, but he has spent time on the coaching staff of Andy Reid. Now, thanks to our wonderful guest, Dan, he, uh, he did note that Tim Kelly was retained as the offensive coordinator. So I'll start with you, Dan. Do you think the Cully hire was a good hire, a bad hire, or a neutral hire, both in general and for Dynasty GMs? I mean, I guess I would have to call it neutral to bad. I mean, and for me, it's more the process than the actual hire. Uh, I find the hire itself to be really curious, but, you know, we don't really have a lot of info on Cully and, you know, what he is because he's been kind of more of a behind-the-scenes type of guy and, you know, less out front. So it's really tough to say what they're getting. You know, maybe he's a, a CEO type. Maybe that's his forte. I'm just not sure. Uh, but, I, you know, all I know is with Kelly staying on, the offense should hopefully stay relatively the same. So let's, um, you know, let's hope it stays that way and uh, they have a relatively decent offense. Jerry, what about you? Good, bad, or neutral? I mean, it wasn't sexy. I'll tell you that if there was anything that was vanilla ice cream in any of these hires, it was this one. It, but but my question to you guys is: Does it matter? I mean, this is not a great team. Uh, it's pretty devoid of fantasy and dynasty, you know, relevant players. D- did it really matter? Like, if they didn't make a home run hire, I don't think I would have liked them at all. And they did it. They not only did they not do that. They sort of avoided Eric Bieniemy, which everybody did. I don't, I don't know if that guy killed somebody and we just haven't found out about it or what it is. You know, I don't know. I mean, he, he, he's been in the league. He's been around Andy Reid for a long time. He's been coaching since, you know, a decade before I was even alive. So he, he has to at least know a little bit about what he's doing. I don't know. It just – I saw it and I went, okay. It, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't turn the dial for me at all. It, well, it for, strikes me a little bit as a Peter Principle hire, you know. And and, and for me, I, I for me, I'm neutral on it for right now because it's going to be really tough to determine the overall hire until you see it. I will say, Andy Reid coaching tree coaches have tended to have a little bit more success than say a Bill Belichick coaching tree, although Brian Flores has been you know doing a very nice job down in Miami, but you know, the Andy Reid coaching tree has had guys like Frank Reich, uh, Doug Peterson, even though he got let go, he won a Super Bowl, Matt Nagy for as much as we want to question his X's and O's sometimes, you know, he has been to the playoffs twice in, in three years with the Bears. So I'm going to stick with neutral. And I like what, what Dan said about he's never been an offensive or a defensive coordinator. I actually like that. I like the fact that there's going to be some Continuity depends on whether or not Deshaun Watson will come back. That's a completely different rabbit hole for a different day. But I'm going to assume for now, since he's on the roster, he's the quarterback. And the the retention of Tim Kelly, um, Deshaun Watson had a hell of a year. Will Fuller was on his way to the best year of his career easy. Now, he is a free agent. We'll see if he comes back. The team's about $8 bucks over over the cap as we speak. But I'm going to call it a neutral hire until I see. I don't want to instantly do that in bad. Isn't it good? Is it good or bad for existing players? I'm going to call it neutral as well. I don't want to be a cold fish on this and any dynasty moves I'm considering making out of every team we're going to cover tonight. This one right here is the hardest one to make dynasty roster moves, except for Deshaun Watson. If you can use any of this news to be able to acquire Deshaun Watson. Now, Jerry and I were talking before Dan jumped on with us. Dan, I'll ask you, is there any, is there any team that Deshaun Watson could land on 
that would make him fall in your dynasty rankings? Um, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase it. Is there a team so bad that, that, that <laughs> it would be worse than what he's currently dealing with in Houston? No. Okay. No, is there any team, not. is there any team that he could land on that would make his dynasty value for me? He's my QB two. I think Jerry's got him at three or four that would vault him ahead of guys like Patrick Mahomes. No. So his value is basically the same whether he's a Texan, whether he's a Jet, whether he's a Dolphin. He's a top, we'll just say for the sake of argument, he's a top three dynasty QB regardless. So this coaching hire does nothing to change that for me. Um, I would be low-key interested in Will Fuller if the band is back together. And by the band, I mean Tim Kelly, Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller. I think they'll keep Brandon Cooks. He may have to restructure because he's due like 12 million bucks. I think David Johnson is all but gone. That's a big cap savings for them. J.J. Watt could be gone. But from a dynasty standpoint, I'm not making any moves. But if I can get someone who's not thought through the Deshaun Watson process the way that we just did, who's maybe nervous, then then maybe I'm, I'm making a cheap offer. I just helped one of our Patreons get Deshaun Watson for the 102 and the 107 in a Superflex League. So we, we walked away feeling good. Do either one of you guys have anything about this roster or the players in general about whether it's good or bad or anyone that you're moving on? I mean, how, how, how many relevant people are we going to talk about? Cause it's really, and I sort of, I sort of like your, your take on Will Fuller, but we don't know if Will Fuller is going to be there. Yeah. I think it's Deshaun Watson or bus really. I mean, as far as like relevant guys that you're, you're confident going forward with, you know, I mean, I'll take Brandon cooks if you're giving him away, but I'm not going out looking for him. And I'm not going down the Deshaun Watson rabbit hole, but this is why they can't move him. They can't. <laughs> what are you going to do, man? You're, you're going to be horrible. So, Dan, anything else on the Texans as a dynasty GM or a guy who I, I've already touted you as a big best ball player? Is there anyone on this roster that you have maybe drafted in your best ball leagues or anyone that you've moved on at the FFPC? I know you guys have cut downs coming up over there. Uh, any moves that you've seen or considering making around the Texans? For the most part, I've been kind of avoiding the Texans. Um, in best ball, I do have a little bit of David Johnson just due to where he's falling in drafts. But, you know, people seem to be a little bit nervous about him. Some people are going ahead and taking Fuller and Cooks um, pretty close to where no they would normally go, but they occasionally fall too, so. Um, you know, I think Fuller's going to be gone because, I mean, you know, he's he's going to he, – he just had a six-game suspension. He's going to be suspended for one more game yet to start the next season. You know, that's not the kind of guy you're probably going to franchise tag, and especially with all the uncertainty around Watson. Uh, unless they're going to try to hold on to Fuller to try to bring Watson back into the fold a little bit more, that's about the only reason I can see to, to tag Fuller. Cooks, they can let him go for free. There's no dead money attached to him. David Johnson, like you said, uh, he's a big cap savings. Duke Johnson, they have no dead cap attached to him. You know, so they've they've got a lot of flexibility, and they're going to need it because they're over the cap. They have uh, not too many draft picks, and so you know, I I think we're looking at some lean years. I mean, you know, kind of what I'm looking at doing, if anything, on the Texans is looking at some of the really low grade flyers like a Scotty Phillips, uh, Cobb. Kiki Kuti, Chad Hansen, Isaiah Coulter, guys like that. You 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 hit one of mine. You hit uh, Isaiah Coulter and Cahill Waring would be yes. the other one. Or Waring, I don't know how you pronounce it, the tight end. 
those would be the two guys that that I would be interesting as like cheap back of the roster stashes. I would much rather have an Isaiah Coulter or a Cahill Waring as opposed to stashing like another Danny Amendola share. So so we're gonna move on from Houston, Jerry. Unless you got anything else on the, the no, fighting sir. Texans. All right, I'm gonna make you wait one more team before we talk about the Honolulu Blue. We're gonna talk about the New York Jets and Robert Sala. By the way. Uh, kudos, uh, you know, to Robert Sala, you know, going from one part of the country to the other. Uh, he's a former DC in San Francisco. His offensive coordinator is going to be Mike LaFleur, not to be confused with brother Matt LaFleur of the Green Bay Packers or Peter LaFleur from the movie Dodgeball. This is Mike LaFleur. I got to think from an offense standpoint, you're probably going to see some of that Shanahan type offense that McVay runs, that his brother runs. And that could be very good for this team. So I'm going to start with you this time, Jerry. Do you see the Sala hiring as good, bad, or neutral? I think it's a good hire for the Jets. I mean, he he was a good defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, I actually was pretty gosh darn certain that this man was going to be the next head coach of the Detroit Lions. Uh, he went to high school in Dearborn right up the road for me. He's He's been a Michigan guy. He was a coach at Michigan State at one point. Uh, and the Lions did what the Lions do. Um, so I, I think it's a good coach for them. I don't know if it's going to be a great thing for fantasy. The thing about defensive guys when they go to the league, they make their defenses better for the most part, unless you're Matt Patricia, and that is not exactly conducive to fantasy points because you are keeping the score down. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's good for the Jets, and they're going to be in a much better situation than they have been. I will say this. It's going to be better than what Adam Gase did because that was awful. That was an absolute atrocity to any and all eyeballs that had to watch it. It should have been a crime for injuring every single person's eyeballs that had to watch that garbage. So is is, is it better? Yeah. A, a, am I confident it's going to be good? I, I don't know. I think that's that's out. You guys, you guys tell me what you're thinking about it. Well, I'm going to kick it over to Dan now. Uh, Dan is an NFC guy. He is a, a Minnesota Vikings fan by way of Baylor down there in the great state of Texas. Dan, what, what do you make of the Salah hire? And, uh, you know, is it good, bad, neutral? I mean, I'd like to think it's going to be a good hire. Um, you know, he's definitely a high-energy guy. The players seem excited about playing for him, you know. But there's he's the opposite hire of Gase, as uh, Jerry said. You know, it's like it, a lot of times when, when you – fire a coach, you go the opposite way the next time. You know, a lot of times it's it's defense versus offense. It's, uh, you know, players coach versus uh, authoritarian coach, things like that. And, uh, you know, so we have somebody with a personality, somebody who probably seems like they're going to be more shaped the scheme to the players than the players to the scheme. And, you know, those things tend to bold well. But, again, I held out the same hope for Todd Bowles, and that didn't really happen. But uh, hopefully it will happen for Salah. Well, for me, I'm going to say this is a good hire today unless he pulls a Matt Patricia and he focuses too much on the defense. A lot of times, and I have progressed this way throughout my career at two different companies, I've always been an internal promotion. And sometimes the tendency is to fall back on what you were always good at and you tend to work down a level. And that was my that's my fear with these guys that went from a DC is that is he going to you know, spend too much time on the defense? Is he just going to let Mike LaFleur have the total reins of the offense? That makes me a little bit nervous. But the one thing I do like, as you both mentioned, he's a very rah-rah guy. Well, this is a team, I believe, with five picks inside the top 100 picks, 
which means they're going to have a very young team. And the rest of their roster is also very young. Their best players are very young. You got Makai Becton. You got Denzel Mims. You may or may not have Sam Darnold. These are very young guys in that rah-rah, almost college-like mentality. We'll do this, this young team very well. I don't know if the rah-rah guy is the best fit for like a veteran-laden team, but being a very young team with more young guys on the way, this could be a good to great hire if he avoids working down the level and focusing too much on the defense. So he's not going to have a huge impact on the offense, but uh, I'll go back to Dan. Dan, do you think he uh, that the Mike LaFleur – uh, in his, I'm assuming because we've never seen it, we won't know it until camp and until the the preseason games. Hopefully, we get those this year. But I have to assume he's going to be running some variation of the McVay Shanahan system. What do you think? Do you think this is going to be a good fit for what they've got going on in New York? And they don't have a lot of existing things to be too fired up about. Yeah, well, part of it is they, you know, they don't have a lot of existing skill players that are any good. So. Um, you know, it's, to me, it's the existing players there probably better watch out because, um, some of them are going to get replaced. Um, I expect them to be pretty active in free agency. I expect them to be active in the draft and be adding to that offense, uh, not only the offensive line, but I would guess probably two, at least two new wide receivers, one to two new running backs, uh, coming in, uh, through some mix of free agency or the draft, uh, I think Justin Fields has to be a strong temptation for this team. I mean, he can, if you can imagine him running that Shanahan offense, uh, I think that could be pretty spectacular. So I, I think Darnold's going to get traded, and I think, uh, you know, out of the receivers, Crowder's probably the best fit right now. Uh, but Mims still has that draft capital, so, uh, you know, he's somebody that I'd definitely be holding. Uh, it, at tight end, they could definitely add a piece there. Uh, you know, Griffin and Herndon are definitely nothing to write home about, and Perriman is out the door, so I don't think we need to worry about him anymore. So that's kind of where, and oh, and running backs. Do they have any running backs? Um, LaMichael P, I think LaMichael P. Ryan will be the guy who's going to be an, 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 an injury away from being an injury away. Yeah, I don't know. I almost like Ty Johnson better in a, in a Shanahan scheme, I think, but I'm not sold on that either way, but I, I would. I'm almost out there buying Ty Johnson just because it's he's even that one level cheaper than P. Ryan, and I love getting down to the bottom of the dumpsters when I'm. Hey, hey, man! (laughs) There is no shame in our dumpster diving game here at the DWZ. We used to do a segment many years ago called the Bargain Bin. We're always we're always looking for for value on the cheap. So, Jerry, what's your take on on this uh, this new look Jets? Do you think it's going to be good or bad? I mean, because when we say existing players, I think Denzel Mims truly could be, and, and Crowder, could be the only quote-unquote existing Jets left because they, they do have a lot of draft picks. They do have currently the 2, 23, 34, 66, 87, and 98. So they actually have six picks inside the top 100. What are you thinking, Jerry? Is it good or bad for We'll say is it good or bad for Mims? I, I think it's fine for Mims. you got, you got to give the man a shot. He didn't really get a shot because he was a little banged up last year. So I, I think it's okay, but... I mean, there's potential everywhere. So this this could be one of those exciting situations for us on draft day as dynasty owners because there's going to be lots of new accumulating, potentially, you know, relevant assets. So that's going to be entertaining. Does it work out? I, I, I don't know. We're, we're going to have to wait and see. But it's going to be exciting nonetheless. And for the love of all that is good, please put Justin Fields on that offense because I just I just want to see that. 
just with him and that that Shanahan mold, like Dan was talking about, ah, it just gives me a tingle up my spine. I'm just excited for it. I don't know. I, I'm also in on Justin Fields, and I think he's one of these Deshaun Watson-esque caliber assets that's going to be going forward. So I'm just excited. I, I, and I, like I have Deshaun. Denzel Mims, so I don't want him to be bad. And well, I, you know, and I'm selfish. So that's that's another thing. Well, one of the questions we're going to be asking about all these hires is about moves you would consider making in Dynasty. First of all, here's a little Dynasty and stock and any kind of uh, incomplete information business. You cannot wait until you have all the information and expect to find value. You have to do some deductive reasoning and be able to figure out where the value is going to be because once you know all the, the once all the clues are there, everybody's working with the same information. So. My biggest fear is with, with another great wide receiver class in front of us and, and this many picks inside the top 100, it's going to be very, very hard for Mims to not get competition on top of the fact they have $73 million, the second most cap space in the league, and it's a pretty good wide receiver class. you got Allen Robinson. You, we, we talked about Will Fuller, um, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I know I'm missing a couple of guys. So don't think for one second the Jets won't want to surround either if they decide to keep Sam Darnold. I doubt it, but they could. Uh, or if uh, uh, they bring in Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, don't think they're not going to make sure and do what other teams have done for their young quarterback and stock the cabinet with, with lots of weapons, the same way that Buffalo has supported Josh Allen. I, I, I think lots of uh, new toys are coming to to the Jets, and, and the guy that I'm looking at right now, if I was looking to make a dynasty move, I'm low-key in investing and, and kicking tires on Sam Darnold. you got to sell the, hey, he's going to get replaced. You don't know where he's going. Here's the thing, much like the Deshaun Watson question, is there a spot that he could go that would be worse besides Houston? I guess he could get traded to Houston with picks for Deshaun Watson, but are there many spots where he could go, in your opinion, Dan, that would be worse than the Jets? Like if he wound up in Indy, what does that do with Sam Darnold's dynasty value? Yeah, worse than the 2021 Jets, maybe not, but worse than the 2020 Jets. Uh, you know, there's no chance that he's going to go anywhere worse. No chance. Anything for you, Jerry? No, I, I, I don't know how you could possibly argue against that. It, it's been gross. It, and another thought on that, too, is if they trade Darnold, there's going to be one more top 100 pick that's going to be thrown into the hopper for the Jets. So. Uh, yeah, the, the competition's definitely coming. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I I would kind of low-key think it might be a good spot for Aaron Jones as a free agent. So, You know, it's funny you say that. I was thinking Aaron Jones or if they want to save a little bit of money like a Marlon Mack and still, right. go, still go ahead and draft a guy, maybe the guy of the future. But a guy like Marlon Mack, uh, Aaron Jones is another very good one. Uh, and, and, and we've seen the success of running backs in the Shanahan via McVay, via the, via the LaFleur brothers offense in the NFL. So uh, whoever lands there could be good. But again, a lot of incomplete information. All right, Jerry, I'm going to give yourself a second to get a moist towel. May, may, maybe um, you put some knee pads on to protect your kneecaps. We're going to talk Dan Campbell former interim head coach of the Miami Dolphins and most recently the assistant head coach in New Orleans. Uh, the offensive coordinator is going to be Anthony Lynn, most recently the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. I'll just jump into this one. For me, this is this is a good hire. I know the weird press conference and biting kneecaps and stuff like that. Here's a guy who had an interim gig, 
who knows what it was like to fail, who, who's, who's had some experience in this realm. And, you know, being next to greatness does not always guarantee that you yourself will be great. But this is a guy who spent a lot of time with Sean Payton. Sean Payton, arguably one of the top three coaches in the NFL. And whether you like Anthony Lynn or not, you know, over the last three years in Los Angeles, that team has been in the top 11 in total yardage all three years, and they've been at least 19th. That was the worst they were in points scored. So I know it looks bad on the surface, and we're talking about biting kneecaps and you know things of that nature. But I, I, again, a young team with a rah-rah head coach, um, a guy who's been a head coach. Th- this to me reeks of 2021's version of Joe Judge in 2020 with the New York football giants, a hire that we were like, what What the hell? This guy was the special teams coach in New England, and he hired the Clapper as his OC, Jason Garrett. And they end up at the end of the year being a lot of uh, media darlings there in New York. And I think Detroit has some of this now. Dan, you're going to see these guys first, but I'm going to give Jerry first whack. Jerry, what was your initial reaction, and what was your what's your current reaction to the hire of one Daniel Campbell? You know what? I'm just going to give it to Dan. Uh, go ahead and talk, Dan, because I am just going to speak out of pure emotion. So you will come at it with with a rational mindset. All right, all right, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'm. I'm I guess I'm pretty neutral on this hire. Uh, I, I do like Campbell as a person. I think he's a somebody I would enjoy spending three hours together with in a fishing boat. Uh, you know, and he's definitely the opposite of Patricia. You know, when you talk about opposite hires, he's definitely that. Um, but this, this team, I think has a pretty tough job ahead of it to be competitive. I do like the staff that he's put together. Um, I, I love having Anthony Lynn in there. And so I think there are some ingredients for success, but, um, you know, they've, they've got a long way to go on defense. They've got a couple of, uh, you know, they're losing some players on offense. So, uh, you know, I guess the way I look at it is I'm tempering my expectations. I expect this to be possibly better for real football than for fantasy football, at least to start with. But, uh, you know, we'll see where we go from here. What do you think, Jerry? Oh, I'm about it. I, it's something. So they said they were going to hire him. And initially, come on, man. Like, why do they always do this to me? Every time I get a little bit of hope, first you fire Matt Patricia, who was an absolute embarrassment and never deserved to coach ever. And Bob Quinn was a piss poor GM, worse than Matt Millen, because Matt Millen did awful things for the Detroit Lions, and Bob Quinn was even worse. So they bring this guy. So I'm going to give him a chance. So I know I'm coming at it with a little bit of, of violence in my voice, but I assure you I am I am content with the situation. I think hiring Anthony Lynn as an offensive coordinator was a brilliant move because you're going to need someone with some experience, especially someone who has had a little bit of struggling as a head coach. So he's going to be able to guide you. This is what I did wrong, which is essentially my dynasty strategy. Everything I mess up on, I just try and learn from it. So I think that's what Anthony Lynn's going to do to Dan Campbell. Whatever. Weird press conference aside, I'm fine with eating kneecaps. It's a, it's a weird thing. It's a gimmick, whatever. It'll sell shirts. I'm cool with it. The question is, is what is it going to do to help our dynasty rosters? <sighs> I don't know. See, the thing is, is Dan mentioned it. We are devoid of a lot of talent. There is just not many good football players on the Detroit Lions, and we just downgraded at quarterback. And we downgraded on a team that's already picking seventh overall in the NFL draft, which means we are almost certainly, and that's 
with Kenny Galladay, with Marvin Jones, who we are probably not likely to retain. So we are almost certainly a bottom five NFL roster. I think it is good for DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson because they are probably the only guys that are going to get any work. And if we do decide to take a Jamar Chase or a Devonta Smith with the seventh pick, I think Jared Goff can get them the ball. So I think they will they will get a nice rookie boost. I think they'll be one of the rookies that are in a nice situation if they do go that route. Is is it going to be a good play long term? Only time will tell. I don't I don't think it's the worst. Uh, it's an improvement on the Matt Patricia Bob Quinn era, but I, I think you guys hit it. It was not. It was another one of those moves that was not sexy. Uh, I really, really, really wanted to hate it because we have two types of fan bases here in Detroit. We have the overly optimistic ones that just guzzle the Honolulu Blue and Silver Kool Aid down, and they think we're going to win the division, which is just <laughs> Dan knows. Dan knows that's the stupidest thing he's ever heard. And then there's ultimate pessimists like me that think we're the worst team in the league. So I, I don't think it's as bad as I think it is. I think I think it's closer to sort of what you guys are saying. Randy, I think, has not been bitten too many times by the Detroit Lions. I think he's a little too optimistic, well, but I don't think hold, it's that bad. Hold on, hold on. You act like the, the – maybe on defense. I, I'm a dynasty player. I'm a dynasty GM. So, so for me, my focus is on – the dynasty side. Last time I just did some research as you were flapping your gums there, and the Detroit offensive line per football uh, pro football focus last year was the 13th ranked offensive line in the league. So not horrible, ab- above oh. average. A- average would yeah. be 16. You're, you're probably going to draft a Devonta Smith or a Jamar Chase type wide receiver. More than likely, they're right at cap neutral right now. They're like 900 grand over the cap. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So maybe they bring back Marvin Jones. You you mentioned off air. He has a business there locally. So maybe he would be interested in staying. You got a guy that we're a big fan of, TJ Hawkamania. So you have Hawkinson. You know, how hard would it be to get a cheap slot wide receiver? You have a running back that we all love, at least I do, DeAndre Swift. So it's far from the cupboard being bare in in Detroit. Uh, the defense is bad. So I see some shootouts in in the future. And we can make fun of Jared Goff all we want. I mean, all the guy's done is put up four straight 4,000-yard passing seasons. And, you know, we can give some credit to McVay, but I also heard, and I'm not comparing Jared Goff to Tom Brady, but I heard about how Tom Brady was a system quarterback not too long ago. So uh, can, can Jared Goff be great without McVay? Probably not, but can he be serviceable for Dynasty as a QB2 who can give you QB1 games? Absolutely. If you run Jared Goff, if you run Jared Goff out there against the Bears, that's a you problem. If you run Jared, you know Jared Goff out there against a shootout against the Packers, I'm, I'm with it. I'm, I'm I'm with it. He plays in a dome nine times a year because he gets the one game in Minnesota. I'm about it. So Dan, what what is your take? And is there any dynasty moves you're making on the Detroit team? Well, I, I would first off like to just thank Detroit for doing their level best every year to keep the Vikings and the Bears out of the basement of the NFC Norris division. And I would also like to say that if you're going to buy one player on this team, go out there and buy DeAndre Swift. I mean, if anybody looks like a young Austin Eckler, it's him. And Atlanta's the perfect coach for a guy like that. So um, I'm all over Swift. I think Hawkinson is a good buy as well. And I'll be interested to see what Jared Goff does away from uh, Sean McVay. I mean, that that relationship was getting a bit dysfunctional. Uh, you know, everybody likes to say, well, it was, you know, Goff's the idiot in the in the room. But 
I don't know. Uh, you know, McVeigh seems like he might be a little bit of a head too. So uh, maybe some of it's on him. Uh, maybe a change of scenery will do Goff good. I, I would definitely hold on Goff. I don't think he's a sell, but uh, give me give me all the swift that I can possibly get. With both hands. Jerry, anything else on the boys in Honolulu Blue before we uh, we duck out for a quick break? Nope, I think we're good. All right, man, we're going to call a quick timeout, and we're going to talk about our friends over at Viridian Global. Now, this is the official apparel provider of not only the Dynasty War Zone, but also our friends at the GOAT District. If you're watching on YouTube or Twitter, you'll see over Dan's shoulder, there is a picture of the GOAT District logo. And you can get that. You can get Dynasty Warzone merch at Viridian Global. Uh, check them out. There's a hyperlink in the podcast. Or it's V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N Global at Viridian Global on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find them online. So check them out. Check out the stores and our friend at Viridian Global. All right, Jerry. Nick Sirianni, former, court, uh, former OC in both Indy and a quarterback coach in... Uh, in San Diego, now LA, what, what are your thoughts on Nick Sirianni? Good hire, bad hire, neutral hire? I think it was a good hire. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was one of those hires that I was very surprised by. I think the NFL is just after Sean McVay, they're just taking shots on young guys and they're just hoping that they can, you know, pan out. There's a lot of guys that are very close to my age that are getting NFL jobs. And here I am, uh, managing piss poor dynasty rosters, but I think I, I sort of like it. I mean, the the Indianapolis Colts were a pretty good offense. I mean, they they had uh, Rivers going well. They had Jonathan Taylor as a rookie going okay. You know, I, I mean, you're the guy that's in Indianapolis. So, I mean, what did you see? You're you're closer than I am, but as an outsider, I think it's okay. And I I like the shape and I like the future of your team. You know, I mean, there's there's not a lot of super relevant dynasty guys outside of Jonathan Taylor. I mean, there's, there's a couple little guys that you'd like to have and you'd like to see him grow. And and the offense was still humming and the offense was still good. So I, I think the potential for more points and more players is just, I think that's just great. Well, I'm going to throw this one to Dan because I have got some, I got many questions. So I'm going to let Dan, what did you make of the Sirianni hire in Indy? Yeah, I, I guess I'm pretty neutral on it. I mean, I think he's a little bit unproven, but he's worked with excellent coaches. Uh, he played at Mountain Union uh, back in the day. And if, if you know anything about uh, D3 football, uh, that is a winning program. They win all the time. And so I think he knows what winning looks like. He knows what winning smells like. And I think as a coach, he's he's going to take what he knows and run with it. Um but I think he's also the kind of guy who's going to build the offense around his players rather than trying to, to fit those players into the offense. That's one thing I like about all these younger coaches is they have the tendency to understand that you can't just try to pound these uh, square pegs into a round hole or you can't take you know three or four years to draft all the guys that fit your offense. You, you've got to make do with what you've got. And uh, you, know, you, can, you can work towards something else on the fly, but you've just got to – uh, be able to, you know, work with what you've got right now and 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 get some wins out of it. So I think he's going to do a good job with that. Uh, I think he's probably going to fit real well with uh, Jalen Hurts. I think with uh, the short passing game and uh, the yak type of uh, 
scheme that they have where they're trying to, you know, hit players and, and open windows when they're on the move. And, you know, I th- I'm sure you can throw in a lot of RPOs for Hunt as well, or Hurt as well. So uh, I think I think there's going to be some good things going on here. You're you're for excited me. about Jalen Hurts, Dan? Sorry, sorry. I, I'm you're good. No, th- th- this is this is a this is a good uh, good topic of conversation because we're just talking football. Yeah, I, I am excited about Hurts. Yeah, I think uh, you know Hurts is one of those guys that I was trying to get a hold of in drafts last year, just because you know it's like he wasn't that expensive. So you know if if he didn't pan out, you didn't spend too much. But he's got that skill set that if he does pan out, it could happen in a huge way. Um, you know, his ability with his legs, and he can throw the football. I mean, you know, he's going to throw some picks if you ask him to throw it down the field too much. But, you know, again, I think they can, you know, with this kind of offense that I think Sirianni is going to put in, I think it might work pretty well with Hurts. So uh, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic at least. Well, I, I think I'm going to be the least optimistic. I'm, I'm neutral here because I'm confused. The hire initially felt like Nick Sirianni was hired because the Eagles couldn't. Well, first of all, Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz couldn't get along, so we had to get rid of we had to get rid of one. And they looked like they chose Carson Wentz. Okay, cool. We're going to hire. Well, we can't get Frank Reich because Frank Reich was the coach that Carson Wentz had his best season ever under. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to get the next best thing. We're going to get a guy who spent a lot of time with Frank Reich. We're going to get Nick Sirianni. Okay, cool. And then during the so it feels like all all engines are you know firing on the Carson Wentz bus, and then all of a sudden it comes out during the Super Bowl weekend that Carson Wentz on the trading block. I'm not so sure, and I, I'm glad that we have Dan on because Dan's got me thinking about Jalen Hurts. And then today I saw a mock draft, I believe it was from CBS, that had the Eagles taking Justin Fields at six overall as the permanent replacement for. Carson Wentz and I was like that's why I made the tweet that I did it wasn't to disparage Jalen Hurts it was to say what will Jalen Hurts Twitter do if they actually implement that strategy of taking either Trey Lance or Justin Fields at six overall and uh, resetting the quarterback entirely moving Carson Wentz for picks and they they really just overall as an organization see him as a backup so this one right here is with the exception of a dynasty standpoint for Miles Sanders, I think this will be very good with Miles Sanders. I did some research, and last year in a run-to-pass ratio, the Eagles were the fifth most pass-heavy team in the league. Now, let me get this on. I'm just going to make sure I got this straight. So for the first 12 games, you had a quarterback who's actively struggling, and his mechanics are off and everything. And then the last four games of the season, you bring in a young rookie, and uh, so, so what's the mission here? Oh, we're going to pass the ball the fifth most times in the NFL. That's Zach Taylor in Cincinnati level stupid. That's, that's a new level of stupid. When your quarterbacks are young and learning the ropes, you support them with the running game. When your quarterback is struggling with his mechanics and struggling with interceptions, you lean on the running game. Did Doug Peterson do that? No. But I do think Nick Sirianni will do that. The Colts were more... Uh, more balanced they were more toward the the top 10 and rushing to passing ratio i think this is going to be a good thing for uh, uh miles saying i had a blank there and then boston scott if you look at how the colts were using naheem hines uh under frank reich if they don't add anybody significantly to this backfield boston scott is the cheap low-key buy uh, out of everyone we've talked about so so far, if I was doing best ball like my man Dan here, 
I would be looking for cheap Boston Scott. I would love as a Miles stand as a Miles Sanders stand. I would love Miles Sanders to be more involved in the passing game. I don't know that that's the case. I think if you want to at least guess and take a a, a, a snapshot of what the offense could look like, you just want to go back and look at what Indy did toward the end of the season with Taylor and Hines, and that could very well be what you see from Sanders and Scott. So I'm going to kick it back to Dan. Uh, Dan, anything from a dynasty standpoint that, that you're looking at, uh, either to acquire, move? I know there's rumors of Ertz. Are you a Goddard guy? Give me some thoughts on some uh, on the, the impact on the players and players you're moving on. Okay, yeah. So first off, let's talk Boston Scott a little bit because uh, in best ball weeks, he's going after the 20th round. Um, sometimes several rounds after the 20th round. If that doesn't tell you where people are on him and versus where they should be, uh, that's a, a super strong indication that you can probably get out there and get it for really cheap right now. Um, I'm also on the Sanders bus. Uh, I like Ertz just because I think he's going somewhere else. And uh, I think he was, you know, he was hurt last year. Uh, he's never had that much athleticism, so he's never had to rely that much on it. Um, but I, I think he's probably going to bounce back a little bit, uh, somewhere else. Godert, I would say, you know, he's either a hold or a buy. If somebody's selling him, you know, for a decent price, I'd go ahead and buy him. But most people I've talked to are pretty high on Godert and I think they're rightfully so. So it's, he's more like a hold for me. What I'm curious from you guys is what do you think about the wide receivers? Um, Rager, I mean, Alshon Jeffords gone, right? But then uh, what about Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham, Rager? Uh, what are you guys thinking on them? Jerry, you want to go first or you want me to go? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go because I don't have a ton to say. I, I would have loved to seen Travis Fulgham actually get some work. He looked like he was going to be your best player for about a month, and then you just decided you didn't want to use him, which was sort of that whole situation with Miles Sanders there too. Mm-hmm. Jalen Rager, listen, a, as a prospect, you love to see him. We all we all love to watch the man play at TCU. We thought he was going to be something, and there was little bits. We saw little plays that, that gave us a little bit of hope, but nothing with consistency. I, I think his name cachet makes him more expensive than I want to actually pay for what I think I'm going to get right now. Um, yeah, I, honestly, I mean, I know they took J-Jaw in the second round. They took Rager in the first round, I think, and – they they keep trying and they just they haven't hit. I still think they need to to look elsewhere. Randy, what you got? Well, the wide receiver position. Uh, I, I'm with Dan. Uh, you're not, unless you get someone absolutely slipping, you're not going to get any value on Dallas Goddard because the the presumption is is he's going to go to the moon. Uh, the Frank Reich slash Nick Sirianni offense has uh, tried to feature. The tight end, but I agree with Dan. Dan actually, I don't know where he's going to go. I do think that uh, Mr. Zach Ertz is going to leave or get cut in a uh, money saving. They they can save a little bit of money, not a lot, but when you're like thirty some odd million dollars or whatever it is over the cap, and soon to be more when you move Carson Wentz because they're going to incur a big dead cap charge for for moving him. You got to re- you got to rely on the cheap talent. My only fear is I'm about, they have three picks inside the top 100, and one of those picks I feel like is going to be a wide receiver. Even if they go a quarterback at six, they're going to get picks, maybe a pick or two for Carson Wentz. That could, now, The one thing you do know about Philadelphia is they're not going to be dabbling in the free agent market. They can't afford it. Uh, they have got to uh, save their shekels. 
So you just have to gamble on which one of the wide receivers is most likely to have a counterpart, a redundant asset drafted to that team. You know, are they going to draft an alpha to be the number one? Then that hurts Jalen Rager. Are they going to draft a complimentary piece? That hurts Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham. So again, if you knew all the answers, you wouldn't be able to make a move cheaply. So if you think one guy is safer than the other, or you want to invest at a cheaper level, say like a Fulgham, and you want to throw like a late third at him, I'm fine. With, I'm cool with that. Because I, I think this is going to be a, a good offense, regardless of who the quarterback is. But man, I like Zach Ertz, and for all the Zach Ertz haters in Dynasty, I believe he's nine to twelve months younger than than Travis Kelsey. The tight end one across the board for just about every Dynasty service in the world, Zach Ertz is younger. So if he were to land in Indy, maybe they don't get Carson Wentz. Maybe he lands in Indy. Maybe he lands in L.A. to replace Hunter Henry, who's a free agent. Zach Ertz could he could maybe even land in Green Bay. There's a lot of spots he could land. And his value would be right back to the moon. So if there's anyone that we've talked about so far whose value is depressed, it's Zach Ertz. And if you can get him at a cheap price, I am going to move. So we're going to talk about the L.A. Chargers and their soon-to-be free agent. We talked about free agents last week, Jerry. Don't get too excited. We know you and our reviewer love the tight end position, you know, the big fan. But we're going to talk about Brandon Staley. Now, Brandon Staley was the one-year D.C. of the Rams and his offensive coordinator is going to be the grandson of the great Vince Lombardi. It is Joe Lombardi, who was most recently the quarterback coach of the New Orleans Saints. Um, and I forgot to mention, uh, it's too late now, we've already passed on, but the new offensive coordinator in Philadelphia is Shane Steichen, who was most recently the offensive coordinator in L.A. with the Chargers. So I'm going to go back to Dan. Dan, do you like this daily hire? And uh, what do you think about this offense in general? I like the hire. I mean, I don't know, you know, obviously he's, he's had a meteoric rise through the coaching ranks. Uh, but I am a fan of precociousness a little bit. I think, uh, you know, pe yes, people who, uh, who succeed early tend to keep succeeding. Uh, and so, you know, I've been, uh, I, I've been managing in the restaurant business for ages. I've hired a bazillion people over the years and I can usually tell within, Oh, the first shift or two about exactly how well somebody is likely to work out. Occasionally I'm wrong. Occasionally there's somebody, you know, that if you keep putting enough work into them, uh, they, they turn out to be pretty good, but usually you can spot the ones that are going to be excellent almost right away. And, uh, that kind of is the, the type of person that Staley seems to be because, uh, you know, he's, he's been poached from a couple staffs on his moves up. And, you know, so that says that somebody, kind of got their eye on him and liked what they saw. And then he went into the next job and did well there. So I, I like that. Uh, Lombardi, well, he sort of – I Jerry, you might have a little bit of familiarity with uh, one Joe Lombardi, huh? Yeah. So yeah. first I'm going to start by saying I loved the word uh, precocious. I did have to Google it while you were talking there. Uh, so that's awesome. And I think Brandon Staley sort of – he sort of falls into that mold of they're just hiring young guys just to see if they can hit a grand slam. Uh, Joe Lombardi can rot in the deepest pit of hell with Matt Patricia. Um, here, I pulled it up because I, I knew we were going to talk about Joe Lombardi at some point. 
Let's talk about the 2014 Detroit Lions. Mind you, this was an 11-5 Detroit Lions team, which comes around once a generation. Let's talk about the offense that they put up. Uh, let's see. Seven points, 19, 14, 17, 24, 22, 26, 9. Then they had back-to-back 34s, and then 16, 20, 20, 20. Awesome. So not good enough to win. Luckily, that happened to be the Indomitian Sue, Nick Fairley. You know, we, we actually had a good defense that year. Uh, Darius Slay was on that team, too. Next year, they get fired at 1-6. Let's talk about the offense. 28 week one. All right. Joe Lombardi is ready. 16, 12, 10, 17. Oh my goodness. 19 and fired. Uh, the rest of the season with Jim Bob Cooter, who can also rot in the deepest pits of hell. Uh, at least he did better. They cracked 30 points, three times, cracked 22 more times. Listen, it, 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 you have to learn, you know, and, and there is some, if you are going to be a precocious person and you are going to grow um, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta take your lump. So maybe there's a chance he grows. I think it's a definitely a better situation offensively than he faced in Detroit. So I, I won't, I, I have not been nice to the man. I will say that right now, but, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be as bad as that because that's what the Detroit Lions do to people. But I, uh, to, I wanted to use Dan's word of precocious. I'm going to use Randy's word of trepidatious here. I am a little bit of tre- I have a little bit of trepidation about uh, the great, uh, or excuse me, the the grandson of Vince Lombardi. All right, well, maybe he'll run like the wing T or, or something <laughs> like that with uh, Austin Eckler and, and and Joshua Kelly. I, I love the Brandon Staley hire. Uh, I had the fortune one day of listening to the radio, which I don't do a lot. Normally, I'm a podcast guy, but I was listening to him on um, Fox Sports Radio. And it literally took about two minutes of the interview for me just to be absolutely blown away. And his resume is short in the NFL, but in 2019, the LA Rams defense was ranked 17th in the league. And in 2020, they were the number one defense in the league. So uh, I know there were some, you know, some players, but the main players are basically the same. It was still Aaron Donald. It was still Jalen Ramsey. You know, you mix in some rookies, and they, they actually lost quite a few players in free agency. And I, I think he's a very good guy. He was a quarterback in college at the University of Dayton. Um, I'm just hoping that – I love the term Dan used when we started the show, the CEO head coach. I hope his, his natural inclination is, again, as a former D.C., not to dip too much into the, the defense. The cool thing is, is that he's got an offensive pedigree as well. I, I think it was a good hire. Um, nothing against anybody else. I would have loved to have seen a guy like Eric Bieniemy get a head coaching job. Nothing worse in the NFL than just a bunch of tired-ass retreads. And nothing against Doug Peterson. I'm sure he'll land on his feet. I'm sure he's got a couple of bucks in the bank. As much as I'll be excited to see Doug Peterson back in the league, it was good to see the NFL uh, and teams in general give more new faces uh, opportunities and just not continue going down this roller coaster of uh, man. I'm seeing the guy Jerry. He used to uh, African American gentleman used to coach the Colts and the the Lions. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Jim oh, Caldwell. Man. Thank you, Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell has uh, maximized his uh, his coaching skills in the NFL. Super nice guy. Remember him here locally when he took the Colts to the Super Bowl. 
uh, a great guy. But I would much rather see a guy like Brandon Staley and Robert Sala and even Dan Campbell get opportunities as opposed to go down a third avenue with a guy like Jim Caldwell. So I think it's a good hire. And if you can find that, just search somewhere on the on the worldwide interwebs. Search uh, Brandon Staley Fox Sports Radio. I'm sure you'll find it. It's definitely definitely worth a listen. He's a very sharp guy. For me, I think it's good for the existing players, Jerry. I know you're a naysayer of the the, the, the Joe Lombardi. I, I'm hoping that being next to excellence, not only being sired by – there's a word for you – not only being sired by excellence, but uh, – uh, standing next to the excellence of Sean Payton, that he learned a few things. You know, I'm sitting here as a big Austin Eckler fan. I'm really hoping that he took notes on how the New Orleans Saints used a guy named Alvin Kamara in, in, over the last couple of years, and they implement some of that for a guy for a guy named Austin Eckler. Um, I, I hope Keenan Allen can continue to run a lot of slant routes because that's what Mike Thomas did in, in New Orleans. I think overall it's it's a good move, and if there's one move I'd be looking to make, uh, I do think they they let Hunter Henry walk. I don't think they refranchise tag him or extend him. So uh, you might look at Donald Parham as a cheap, especially I know Dan. I'm gonna let Dan talk about him too. Dan's a big FFPC guy. I know the Goat District podcast is sponsored by the FFPC. That's a tight end premium outfit. So, Dan, I'll just go straight to you. Anything good or bad with the existing players, and is there uh, any dynasty moves you're making based on uh, what you know today? Yeah, so a couple things. I mean, I, I like how the coaching staff is saying all the right things about they want to play to Herbert's strengths, and they want to play fast, too, which I love hearing because that just means more plays, more plays, more chances to score points. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, Anthony Lynn actually ran a pretty good offense there. So, you know, if they can just do as well as that, I'll be pretty happy. I think we'd all be pretty happy with that. Uh, you know, it was, but with Lynn, it was his in-game decisions that got him fired. Uh, you know, and I think uh, you nailed it, Randy. They're, they're going to be looking to run this offense through Eckler and uh, Keenan Allen or Slayer, as we like to call him, uh, in one of our league chats. Uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fantastic. Those are the players I am really looking to buy. I mean, you know, Herbert, you're gonna have a hard time buying him because his owner is probably already over the moon for him. You know, so if you can pry him loose, great, but probably can't uh, without really overpaying. But Eckler, you know, if you can find that owner that's worried, well, he's you know he's gonna turn 26 here and uh, he's he's gonna be old. He's he's got white mileage. I'm buying. Uh, Keenan Allen, uh, you know, again, you know, he's kind of over that age curve where people are starting to discount him just based on the age. I'm buying. I mean, you know, what was his speed coming out like four seven something? Uh, you know, he's never been fast. He, you know, so he's going to age well. He's the kind of, and as you said, they're going to be running him on slants all day long. The offense is going to run through him. I think he's a fantastic buy. I'm holding on Mike Williams. You never know. Uh, if Hunter Henry leaves, then Mike Williams might become the de facto new, uh, you know, big body in the end zone type of guy. Uh, Parham, I think, is an interesting uh, buyer hold if Hunter Henry leaves. I have been uh, kind of looking into what the beat writers are saying, and they seem to think that Hunter Henry is going to be retained. So I don't know. Uh, I, I do think there are going to be a couple other teams that take a good run at him. And, uh, you know, if somebody throws enough money at him, they're going to let him go for sure. Uh, a couple other guys I'm interested in, or at least one other guy I'm interested in, Jalen Guyton, 
Uh, if Mike Williams leaves next year, Jalen Guyton could step right into that role. So uh, he's a guy who, who definitely flashed last year. So he's uh, he's an interesting purchase as well. All right, Jerry, anything on this offense before we uh, before we get these last two in? No, I, I think Dan hit it. I, I think you're definitely right on Justin Herbert. If you can get him, by all means. I mean, a, a young guy that comes into the league and does the things that he did, I mean, that's just – that's unbelievable. And I, I think Austin Eckler and I think Keenan Allen are two of the the glaring players that can be attained that can also return elite value. Uh, they, for all the reasons that Dan said, you know, hey, Keenan Allen, you know, that, that bell curve where you, you start to become a descending asset as the narrative goes, you know, Keenan Allen is past that. And yet he just is so fun to watch. He's just dominant. He's, he's great. He's the guy that I always get thrown into leagues because every time there's always that new sizzle and you can flip that new sizzle for Keenan Allen all the time. Austin Eckler injured 26, you know, late quote unquote breakout in the NFL, easily attainable two guys that, should really be added to a lot of rosters. Uh, I'm excited for this team. And and you said, you know, maybe Joe Brady, you know, uh, Sean Payton rubbed off on him. Listen, I'm sitting here with you guys, and I am still dumb as a box of rocks, so I'm not sure if that actually works, Randy. Well, I, I agree with that last statement for sure. I'm the Joe, and, I'm the Joe Brady. Not the Joe Brady, the Joe Lombardi of this show. I just I just want to throw a little love to my man Mike Williams. Can can a guy who averages almost 17 yards a catch in the NFL can he get some targets, please? I know Keenan Allen's really good at football. Can, can a guy get some targets? Here's a guy who's got a hundred. I'll make sure I get this correctly. He has got a hundred and fifty-one, a hundred and fifty-one career receptions. A hundred and eighteen of those have been first downs. For the love of God, can we give this man some targets? I was talking with good friend of all of ours, Eric. Uh, the, the Shiva at the Shiva 82 on uh, Twitter. And he was telling me that this guy's going in like the 17th round of best balls. If he's going in the 17th round, we're talking about a guy that now he's never put them together, but he's had a 1000 yard season and a 10 touchdown season. If he puts that together, that is an absolute steal that late in best ball. So we're going to jump into the last two, but before we do, we're going to call our final timeout and tell you about the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, and it continues to grow. We welcome two new members already this week, and that is our official community, and that's what everyone's looking to be a part of, is a community. Sometimes, I know Jerry always feels a little weird, but sometimes you feel a little bit weird because you love fantasy football more than your average league mate. You just love it. You want to talk about it 24-7. And with those Australians, we can certainly accommodate you there. So this is a a safe place to talk Dynasty, play Dynasty. We'll be doing our startups here soon. I know MFL just did their changeover. We'll be going into rookie drafts, and you're guaranteed to be in a league with either me or Jerry. Now, Jerry's not the sharpest knife in the drawer, so he might be your choice, but but you're going to get me. You're going to get Jerry, and uh, if your league chat dries up around now that the Super Bowl's over and doesn't pick up till rookie time, we got you covered there. So come on over, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Come hang out with me and make fun of Jerry. And uh, it's a good time. So patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. All right, the final two. We're in the home stretch. Uh, these next two, uh, one's going to be interesting because of the name brand, and the other one's going to be interesting because of the talent already on the roster. Atlanta hired Arthur Smith, former offensive coordinator of Tennessee. Uh, no significant offensive coordinator, as he has stated to date, that he will be calling the plays. 
Dan, are you up, down, or neutral on Mr. Smith? I think it's a solid hire. Um, I think he definitely deserved his chance. He's a good play caller. And most importantly, he got Dean Pease out of retirement to fix that defense. Uh, there's nobody who can fix a defense like Pease. Uh, what he did for the Ravens, what he did for the Titans was fantastic. I mean, you saw what happened after he left the Titans. That defense went south in a hurry. Uh, you know, and so I think that's going to help him. I think he's got a guy who can really handle that side of the ball, which is going to allow him to focus a little bit more on the offense. Uh, you know, it, and I'm a big believer, same as you, Randy, that, you know, it's it's better if that head coach kind of sits back and doesn't get too deep into one side or the other. But if you're going to get deep into one side or the other, you better have somebody who really knows their stuff on the other side. And uh, Arthur Smith has at least got that. So, and you know, so I, th- I think it's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, you know, I we'll we'll talk about the skill players in a minute. But what do you guys think about uh, Arthur Smith? Listen, I I thought it was a good I thought it was a good one. I mean, we're talking about yet another thirty something getting hired, but the the dude was good. I mean, it's it's tough to say what he's going to replicate because it is hard to replicate what Derrick Henry does because Derrick Henry is a superhuman tank that defies all laws of physics uh human beings that monstrous should not be able to do the things he can do and yet he does but even the passing game so they didn't have tons of yardage i think they were in the bottom 10 of the league in yardage but what they were is very efficient i mean you you look at they had 33 touchdowns seven interceptions that's what deshaun watson did yeah yes deshaun watson had uh, i don't know what it was like 40 almost 5,000 yards and tennessee was not anywhere near that but he is effective at calling the plays and at the passing game. And I think the one thing that I'm really looking forward to, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of us uh, right now, whichever running back lands in Atlanta, whether they are extremely successful or not, the narrative surrounding them is going to be with Arthur Smith and what he did with Derrick Henry, especially if they go running back relatively high. I, I think the value of that running back is going to skyrocket. Now, now, whether they put it all together themselves in the league, you know, sort, sort of like a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire situation. It didn't matter what running back got drafted. When the Kansas City Chiefs took one in the first round, immediately the value skyrocketed. And I think that same thing is going to happen in Atlanta because of Arthur Smith there. I think it's a good hire. I, I, I think they need to turn it around. I think, you know, Matt Ryan is at the end of his, at the end of his rope there. But he, he's still efficient. He's, he's still able to move the ball. He's still got Julio Jones, still got Kelvin Ridley. It's not the worst situation that you could inherit offensively. Randy, for the love of all that is good, tell, tell these people what you got on Hotlanta here. Hotlanta. Well, first of all, this will not matter to a lot of people, but just think about you yourself. Think about moving from one part of the country to another. I actually like this is a small thing, but it's a thing. A man that's moving from Nashville to Atlanta – that's that's not a that's not a culture shock. You're not taking a guy he grew up in the Memphis area. His dad founded FedEx. You're not taking the country boy like me and putting him out in like the mean streets of L.A. You're not putting him in in New York. You're putting him in Atlanta. Now it's a huge city. We were talking about airports before we hit the record button. It's a major city, but it's still got that feel. So you know, just from that 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 pace of life for him and his family, because all of that impacts everything. So I, I think I think it's good there. And I tweeted this about two or three weeks ago that three teams, three teams are going to mint a new RB1 for Dynasty 
based on uh, their situation. One is going to be Pittsburgh because James Conner is more than likely gone. I don't think it's Anthony McFarlane, and, but I think it'll be a rookie in, in Pittsburgh. I don't know who it is in Seattle. They could retain Chris Carson. They still have Rashad Penny there. But Seattle, with them running to run the ball even more, is going to mint a new RB1 in Seattle. And the third one was the Atlanta Falcons. They are going to mint a new RB1. I saw a friend of the show and recent guest, uh, Jordan McNamara, uh, at Analytics of Dynasty, and he was like, Leonard Fournette to the Atlanta Falcons, pour it straight into my veins. And, and that sounds like a great idea, except Atlanta's currently $23 bucks over the salary cap. So as you're doing your rookie shows and as you're hanging out with us and we're doing our mock draft Mondays and we're having guests on talking rookies, you want to start remembering the names. Is Atlanta going to use the fourth overall pick on a running back? Probably. That would, that would be dumb. I'll just say it like it is. It would be very dumb. But could Atlanta use the fourth pick of the second round on a running back? They absolutely could. And I don't know that. Like if a Najee Harris falls to Atlanta, a guy, a man of a man, a, a man of his size. Now, I don't know how much I would love Travis Etienne there, but a man of Najee, if he falls to the fourth overall pick in Atlanta, um, to the moon, to the moon and back would be would be the value for the rest of the guys. I, I think it's a pretty good hire. Um, I think he'll use Calvin Ridley. Um, Julio Jones is going to be there. I think Julio Jones. Dan, where is he going in best ball right now? He's going in the fourth round right now. Um, you know, so that's a that's all right. Bye. Uh, all, all three of us just did the same thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Like bobblehead night here at the yeah. Dynasty Wars. <laughs> it's it's a fair price, I would say. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's a fair price bordering on value if he returns yep. even eighty five percent of a normal Julio Jones schedule or a, a point production. Yep, exactly. So, so for me overall, it's good. Um, you're, the, the guy that I would be looking if I'm looking for for dynasty value here, I would be looking at um, a Russell Gage. I think he's going into his third year. Look at see, this is why Dan and I never get any trades done. This is how a guy who are two. This is the story of how two guys in three leagues together get zero deals done, because you know I I, I got him on uh, I got him on a couple of others already. Yeah, I'm looking at his show sheet. Gage, Russell, Russell, Russell Gage. Um, this this is a team that needs more. So again, they have no salary cap, right? The draft picks they do have, they've really got to focus on major holes that isn't the wide receiver. And when you're paying Julio Jones 20-some-odd million bucks and you're getting ready to have to pay Calvin Ridley a bunch of money, do, do you really want to invest what draft capital you have in wide receiver? Probably not. So um, I'm really looking at uh, – his last name's Graham. I think it was Jarrett Graham, the backup tight end behind Hayden Hurst. And uh, if you're looking for – I think he's going into year two, maybe year three. If you're looking for like a super deep Hail Mary flyer, that's a guy I'm looking at. Jerry, we already know Dan is looking at Russell Gage. What about you? I'm looking at you while Dan's looking at Russell Gage. Listen, I'm I'm just excited at the potential running back in the second round. I I am not nearly the dumpster diver that you guys are. I uh I I'm I'm a person that if it's not shiny, I don't I don't want it. I'm I'm a millennial. This is what millennials do. If it's not the new shiny thing, We're good. Uh, We don't know how to fix things. We don't know how to craft anything. We need everything done for us. So I need the ready-made 
talent already to help me out. I'm, I'm gonna hit you with one more. I'm gonna give. I'm, I'm gonna buy day in just a minute. What about big boy Javante Williams? Yes. With with the with the 68th pick with 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 the 16th again. I I have Dan on because Dan and I hang him and we educate Jerry. What about Javante Williams in the third round to Hotlanta? Javante in Hotlanta. So I was me and Maddie Big Chest, uh, our our design guy. Uh, we had a little bit of a confrontational Javante Williams take. I don't love the man, uh, but in the chat I said if he ends up in some place like Houston or if he ends up in Atlanta, I couldn't hate him. So would he vault up? Oh yes, oh yes, Randy. Even my stubbornness could not get in the way of that. Yes, I would enjoy it. All right, Dave. Javante- anything else on, on on Atlanta? Yeah, Javante Williams has all of the, the earmarks of a feature back that you're looking for. I mean, that's not saying he's slam dunk. Nobody's ever a slam dunk. But he's got everything you're looking for. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the hands. You know, he's he's the kind of guy that GMs look at, and they're like, yeah, we'd like to have this guy on our team and pound the rock with him 20 times. Uh, Hayden Hurst is another guy I think is a real good buy. Uh, you know, you were talking about Jarrett Graham. Uh, but I think Hurst is super undervalued right now. You can get him, uh, you know, basically as a throw-in in a lot of dynasty trades, and you can get him in uh, best balls. You know, he's he's going well outside the top 12 tight ends. And, you know, this is – Matt Ryan likes using the tight end. Uh, Arthur Smith's offense like he's using the tight end. He's a good pass catcher. You know, what's not to like here? Uh, you know, is he going to be the most consistent tight end in the world? Probably not. Uh, but he's going to get you more good weeks than bad. So I, I like him as a buy as well, especially for the price that you can get him for. But, yeah, I think Gage is the main buy here. And, and never forget that Arthur Smith was a tight ends coach before being promoted to yes. the – the, so you, you take Matt Ryan's personal affinity – Jerry, another good word for you – Matt Ryan's personal affinity for the tight end position and the fact that the new all the new head coach and play caller was a tight end coach. It could be a recipe for Hayden Hurst. A lot of people, he could be, Dan's the overhype sleeper. He could be the post-hype sleeper this year. We all thought he was going to do it last year. You might be able to get a value on him. So, all right, guys, it's main event time. If I had Bruce Buffer, if I had my soundboard, I would, I would hit you with the, the, it's the main event, the main event of the evening. It's Jacksonville. They, they, they brought in uh, Urban Meyer. I put down on the show sheet, former collegiate head coach overlord uh, from many different teams. Uh, my favorite Urban Meyer story was he told Dan Dockage, Dan Dockage, formerly of the Indiana Hoosiers, uh, they both coached at goal, bowl, uh, Bowling Green at the same time. And he was telling Dockage he was going to recruit this kid out of Akron to play tight end at Bowling Green. And uh, Dockage was like, what's his name? He's like LeBron James. And Dan Dockage just laughed at him and walked out of his office because he's like, you're not recruiting LeBron James to play football at the at the University of Bowling Green. But uh, he went from Bowling Green, I believe, to Utah, to Florida, to Ohio State, and many other stops along the way. Super interested to see, is he, is he going to be Chip Kelly or is he going to be Jimmy Johnson? We're going to talk about that in just a second. Uh, his offensive coordinator, he brought in Jerry's boy, Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel was responsible for that half a season of Matt Ryan that all of the fantasy world loved to extrapolate from 2019, where Matt Matt Stafford played 
played eight games, and everybody knows he was on pace for 5,000 yards, 48 touchdowns, and about 12 interceptions. Why do we know it? Because we heard it at nauseum. But I think it's, it's a good offensive hire. Dan, you're our guest. You're our main event. Give us your initial take on the Urban Meyer hire. You know, I'm, I'm always a little bit leery of those big-time college coaches that are coming to the NFL. The, you know, the results are mixed, and it seems like the bigger the ego they have, the worse the results seem to be. And uh, we, we know Urban's got an ego, but we also know he's a winner. So I, I think in the short term it's going to be fine. I just kind of wonder what his appetite for, uh, you know, going through the grind of the NFL season after season, uh, you know, is – it's just different than the college game and the college game, those, those big time head coaches, you know, they're, they're like potentates of their little land and they can, that's another word for you there, Jerry, we're going to change the name of this episode to Jerry's thesaurus. And uh, that's, but uh, you've, you've got uh, urban Meyer, who's going to be this potentate. And now he's got to come in. He's got to work with all kinds of other people. He's got to work with the scouting department and everything else. And, uh, it, it tends to wear on them. So we'll see how long it lasts. But I think the real boost is going to come from Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, so let's just put that out there. And let's call it good from the coaching aspect, too, because you've got Bevel. And you've also got um, uh, Brian Schottenheimer in town. He's going to be the passing game coordinator and quarterback coach. And, uh, you know, when Urban is talking about the offense, he says we're going to play fast and we're going to, you know, more play volume, again, it's always going to be a plus. So, uh, you know, those are a few good things going for that team. Uh, plus, you know, when they've got the picks and they've got uh, definitely a ton of salary cap, that's going to infuse some talent as well. So things are looking up there. All right, Jerry, you, uh, you're you familiar with Mr. Urban Meyer from his time in the uh, the Big Ten as well as uh, you, you were you're my, one of my original Debbie guys. You're a big college football fan as well. How did you uh, – how did you take the Urban Meyer hire? First and foremost, Potentate is a monarch or a ruler. So fantastic use of that. And this is coming from me, who's a guy who's literally eyeballs deep in student loan debt to become a research historian. And I didn't even know that word. So good on you, Dan. Uh, I love the hire, but I also like Urban Meyer. Um, he does get in his own way every once in a while. Um the Big Ten Championship, he really had Michigan State beat. And then he just decided he wanted to never run the ball again. And and he lost. And, you know, he, he does make some mistakes. He's also never had anyone like Trevor Lawrence. I think Dan hit that one perfectly. Because, I mean, Alex Smith was good. Alex Smith was the number one overall pick when he was at Utah. And, you know, he took them to the whatever bowl. They beat the hell out of Alabama back when Utah didn't beat Alabama and didn't play in good games. Um, it's going to be fun, but here's the thing. Maybe, maybe he is Chip Kelly and that'll be hilarious for me because, uh, Urban Meyer has been kicking, go ahead. He's been kicking the piss out of my team. So I would love to see him fail a little bit, but I'm excited. The, the, this, so you remember Nick Saban had his uh, brief stint in Miami and Miami's a major city. Uh, I'd say probably a, a top eight to 10 population in the country. And I think this is the right fit for urban. Uh, from what I understand, he has a house there in that area. He's familiar with that area. And out of all of these cities, just the city, this is going to have the most collegiate feel to it of anywhere in the, in the NFL. Uh, it's a small town. It's Southern. 
and the roster is going to be very young. They've got eight very picks in, inside the top 125. So they're going to be pouring a lot of young – on top of the young assets they already got. I think – I know Jerry's a, a James Robinson believer. Uh, I know there's a lot of love for LaVisca Chenault out there. This could be the year with Trevor Lawrence that uh, uh, DJ Chark takes a step forward. Um, and then they're going to really, really add some talent. As a Colts fan, I'm not a huge fan. I, I think Dan, Dan nailed it. I think Dan nailed it that it comes down to how he handles – you know, the NFL grind. You know, the, the stories of guys like John Gruden are absolutely legendary. Getting to the office at 4 a.m., leaving at 10 p.m., or not leaving at all, just sleeping on a little couch in, in their office, and then right back to it 18 hours a day. Urban Myers has had health condi- health conditions that have caused his uh, him to step away from coaching at the collegiate level. But it's going to be fascinating. Obviously, he's going to have a finger on the pulse of the younger players. Again, um, being a successful college coach will help with a very young roster. Um, but for an existing dynasty asset, the guy that I'm looking at is DJ Chark. I don't see them investing any more picks in the wide receiver position. I think there's a little too much love for me anyway on LaVisca Chenault. I'm not really sure what he is. Uh, if I had to make a play on anybody, I would be out looking around – I know uh I know one of our patreons uh, our patron members was offered like the 205 for DJ Chark or vice versa they offered him DJ Chark for the 205 so that kind of gave me like a like a snapshot in time of the way the dynasty world is valuing him and I know it's another good wide receiver class my only fear is uh they are also they are the most uh cash flush team in the league, they got about seventy-five million bucks, and I don't think if if Allen Robinson goes back to Jacksonville, I guess good on him because at least I'll have a good quarterback. But you know, could a Juju wind up there? Could you know? Could, could a Will a Will Fuller wind up there? You never really know with free agency and what's on this team's mind. I think they're going to want to stay young and invest that money in those draft picks. Really, a lot in the defense. The defense was a shit show. Deluxe, by the way, it was a deluxe shit show, not just a shit show. It was the deluxe model. And I, I think overall, um, from Dynasty, you're going to see some goodness. And for that reason, I'm going to put a, a small chip on DJ Chark. What about you, Jerry? Is there anyone in this offense? Well, why don't you go ahead and just talk about your man, and we'll let Dan wrap this one up. You know I do like me some James Robinson. But I, I actually want to ask you guys about LaVisca more. Dan, do, are you in on LaVisca? I am, I think. Uh, like Randy said, you know, the, it's getting a little overheated, the market for LaVisca. Um, but I do think he's a solid asset. I, I own him in several places. I was trying to acquire him basically all year and I was able to get him a little bit cheaper, you know, during the year than what he has been since the year ended. And so in most places I'm holding, but I have, um, I have turned a couple of those shares too. And just taking a little profit on that, putting it somewhere else. So I think I think Chenault's fine. I do think DJ Chark is the big buy here in the wide receiver core. I agree with Randy 100% on that. I think he had a little bit of a disappointing season last year after that uh, that really great 2019. And that's turned people off because, you know, he had one really, you know, he was did nothing as a rookie in 2018. Comes out of nowhere in 2019. And then everybody buys in and he, he disappoints them. So, you know, you've got that... Uh, I'm never investing in him 
you know, set of people that uh, are probably looking to unload it. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to triple down then on DJ Chark. I, it, we, I think he's going to be 25 this year. He was relatively young when he came out. Um, he, he had the big second season. We're not dealing with Gardner Minshew in the mustache. I mean, Tre- Trevor Lawrence is a different ball game, and Urban Meyer is a different offense. I, I think it's. I mean, this is apples and bullets. Like we're we're comparing two completely different situations. I am very excited for that situation. I think DJ Chark is one of the great values that you should go acquiring, and I still am all aboard James Robinson. I. If you watched Ohio State at all, they based their offense around the run. Yes, he made quarterbacks look well. He had Dwayne Haskins throwing 50 touchdowns in an 11-game season, which we've seen how Dwayne Haskins looks. You know, he's had lots of quarterbacks like that. JT Barrett didn't do anything. Cardale Jones didn't do anything, but he made that offense hum. He had them winning national championships. He had them in the college football playoff. It's a different game. It is. But if you watch them, they the the basis of their offense was always to run the ball and tire you out, and they passed it to the running backs. I mean, Carlos Hyde and J.K. Dobbins. They they have had lots of guys. I am I am so excited for James Robinson. I'm extremely excited for all of the people that Dan is talking about in DJ Chark because you're out there, hey, you're listening right now, and you don't like DJ hey, Chark. Hey, hey. Jerry, let, let, let's do the, the very basic what a lot of other Dynasty podcasts are going to do. Let's play along on our way out the door. Are you familiar with a man named Kenny Galladay? I am. Do you remember when a man named Kenny Galladay had an offensive coordinator named Daryl Bevel in the good Lord's year 2019? <laughs> I, do, I do recall. And, and Mr. Galladay had 64 receptions for about 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. You know, Kenny Gall- Kenny Galladay is six foot four. What do you know, DJ Chark, six foot four. Both guys around two hundred pounds, a little bit beefier with Kenny Galladay. If DJ Chark can stay healthy and put it together um, with Trevor Lawrence and a defense that may be improved but will still be bad, and, and in a division where if Deshaun Watson stays, and we know I, we would expect that Tennessee would be, con- you know. Still pretty good on offense. They still got Derrick Henry. They still got, you know, AJ Brown, and so I, I, I see a thing where they're going to have to score points in this division. I just I just see a a, a situation where that's where I'm 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 half-assed making a joke because some people will get so serious about that Kenny Galladay to DJ Chark comp, but I also love getting players in a contract year. Oh, and guess who's going into the fourth year of their rookie deal? Ring ding ding. His name is DJ Chark. He's got a lot of reasons to play for. So that's why I'm on him. Uh, but that's why we're on these coaching hires, because there are nuggets and things that you have to think about just deeper than, okay, cool. You know, we, we, we want to go a little bit deeper. This is always one of our longer shows of the year, but we always bring on our best guests for the coaching hire. Dan, thank you so much, man. What are you and JD got going on? I know you guys are doing a Wednesday podcast. You're, you're hosting about nine bajillion best balls. What, what what else do you have going on before you go on vacation? Yeah, so uh, we've we've got the podcast tomorrow night. We're going to have uh, somebody you were talking about earlier. Jordan McNamara is going to be on tomorrow night. Uh, he's always a great listener, one of my favorite guests for sure. Uh, you know, there's just there's hardly anybody that I enjoy talking dynasty theory more with than Jordan. He's just fantastic, and uh, we're. 
we're firing off a few other shows. Uh, we're gonna we're doing some spinoffs from the Goat District. We're gonna do uh, one for commissioners. We're uh, we're gonna do uh, a show. We we still have the uh, quarter milli billies, which is now the half milli billies, uh, which is detailing uh, winning contest leagues. Uh, we're gonna do the best balling. Uh, I'm gonna be in charge of that. And, uh, of course, the flagship GOAT district, uh, as always, focused on Dynasty. So, got a lot of stuff going. Maybe get into DFS a little bit. Uh, we've got somebody lined up who might be able to give us some help on that. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. But we're just trying to, you know, get out there and uh, catch a few more listeners and, uh, you know, see what we can see, how many people we can help out. Yeah, Dan is a blessing, and he can bless your ears every Wednesday night on YouTube at the Goat District YouTube channel, and then that dude converts over to podcast as well. So anywhere where you find us, you can find the boys of the Goat District. And just like we've you know started our own network, they're starting theirs. I know his uh, co-host, JD, also does some MMA. If you're a mixed martial arts fan like me, JD also does uh, some of that. So make sure you're tuned in, and just make sure you follow Dan. Uh, don't try to trade with him, Dan. Dan used to be my arch. Dan used to be my arch nemesis until we started the Patreon, and I ran across one of our Patreons named Whitney. She is my current number one ne- nemesis, but 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 Dan is a close close number two. So listen, Dan. Thank you so much for jumping on, guys. Support Dan. Follow him everywhere you follow us. And uh, real quick before we sign off, I want to give a shout out to Draft Best Ballin on Twitter. Uh, and then Maddie, JD, and uh, looks like Kyle for you know hanging out with us on the YouTube. So thank you all for the support. We'll be back here next time. And on behalf of Dan, Jerry, and myself here at the DWZ, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. I'll be back here on Thursday on YouTube, Dynasty Happy Hour Contracting. See you then, guys. Thank you. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy. Which one do you like? You put it in the cart. You add the ring to the cart. You add the promo code DWZ ring. Makes the ring free. And your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring. And let's have a big season. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name's Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. 
tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat.